and released my hands as if stung. You're not Rachel. I'm Maggie, her sister. It was a common mistake. Rachel and I had the same athletic build, were the same height, and had the same heart-shaped face. Physically, we were very similar, but the resemblance ended there. Oh, oh, the woman shook her head trying to make sense of what I'd just said, but it seemed too great a task because she started shrieking again, in hysterics. It's Ten Walters! He's dead! I'm sure of it! I think he's dead! Dan? The manager at Del Vecchio's? Something ticked at the back of my brain. Rachel and Dan had had a fling last summer, and she had been complaining about him recently. I came to meet Rachel about the fundraiser, the woman said, reaching for my hand again and pulling me toward the man slumped on the floor. It's awful. Come see. Let's call the police, I said. The woman watched me but didn't seem to register what I'd said. I came in through the back door. I brought the box of flyers. She pointed to a box near the body. Then I saw him. I flipped on the bar lights, and suddenly the man on the floor came into full color. At least, the dark red blood that had pooled around his head did. He was large, had probably been very tall. He was wearing a suit and had dark hair that was now matted against his forehead. The woman and I both recoiled. She began to shriek again. Oh my God, oh my God! I echoed her chorus, and pretty soon the both of us were in a state of panic. I pressed my hands into my forehead, took a deep breath, then chanted to myself, Calm down, calm down, calm down. The woman noticed I'd stopped shrieking and nodded to the rhythm of my chanting. Yes, let's calm down, she said. My mind reeled. What had happened? A freak accident or a burglary gone wrong? or something else entirely. Is there anyone else in here? I asked. The woman's eyes grew wide. Anyone else? I didn't think. You mean... She stared toward the corridor where the restrooms were. The killer could still be here? She asked in a dramatic stage whisper. I stared at her, suddenly nervously aware that she'd been standing over Dan when I'd arrived. Indeed, I could be looking at the killer. A humming sound filled the room, causing us both to jump and the dog, a Yorkshire Terrier, to bark. It was the refrigerator coolant system kicking on. Something warm and wet hit my ankle. I gasped at the sensation and looked down. The small dog barked excitedly to see me. Ew, I yelped. The woman laughed nervously and bent to scoop him up. Beepo, naughty, naughty, she turned to me. I'm so sorry, Beepo's never done anything like that before in his life. Beepo eyed me with his big, brown, watery eyes, in that way that dogs have that made me feel like he could read my mind. He'd known that for a split second, I'd suspected his owner of something heinous. The woman pressed the small dog to her chest, we must call the police, she said, continuing on with her theatrical whisper. I figured if no one had rushed out of the restrooms at us, then we were probably alone with the body. I moved around to the back of the bar and released the meet-and-greet bag onto the floor. 
I grabbed the phone and punched in 911, then snatched a bar towel and wiped my ankle. The 911 operator answered, What is the nature of your emergency? We need the police over at the wine and bark immediately, I said, tossing the soiled rag on the floor. Oh, Rachel, this is Jen. What's happened, a robbery? The operator asked. Even though Pacific Cove was a small town, I'd barely met anyone in my few weeks here. Rachel, on the other hand, probably knew everyone in town. Even the 911 operator, it seemed. Not Rachel. This is her sister, Maggie. We have a dead body here? The operator gasped. A dead body? Are you sure? Did you check for a pulse? I looked up at the woman who was hovering by the door of the bar. Did you check for a pulse? I asked. She shook her head. No, I admitted into the...